All right. Today we are talking about a major and popular episode that I know the fans, our listeners, whoever you are out there that's Darkwing Associated, you're going to go crazy. But, you know, this is coming out during a holiday week. So this is the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Will Santana, and... I'm Mike Russo, and nobody is putting me back together with a namby-pamby goody two-shoes like you. <laughs> Mike, we got a big episode to talk about today, man, and I know I, oof. I know this is one you just been anticipating like crazy. I love this episode so much. And uh, I know me and you are going to have a little name-calling here and there differences, but I think for the most part, people will know who we're referring to, you know? Yep. <laughs> and um, but before we get into the episode, because I know people have been waiting on this one, um, let's talk a little Thanksgiving. It's the Thanksgiving holiday, man. Yep, Thanksgiving is uh, three days away. Yeah, uh, yeah, about three, what three, four days? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's a, a couple days away. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't good in math, so I think three. <laughs> okay, so Mike, man, uh, what do you and your family do, man? Thanksgiving to me is about two big things. It's about the food. Mm-hmm. I mean, Thanksgiving is my favorite eating holiday. Do you like? Cook? No, we go to my wife's aunt's house, um, not too far away. And okay. oh my god, the turkey, the cranberry sauce, just everything Thanksgiving food. I can I can eat until I burst on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I love the smell of Thanksgiving. It's just amazing. Um, yeah, biggest eating holiday of the year for me. But um, on top of that, we also have that great parade, which I have been watching. I have not missed a year in 40 years. Oh, wow. Uh, I love that parade. It's got, it's, I don't love it the way I did when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, but I love the balloons. Um, I love how corny those Broadway acts are at the beginning. Of course, you know, I always get excited for Santa Claus at the end because now my daughter's watching it with me and we get all excited for that. So, yeah, eating in that parade and to a lesser extent that, <laughs> that Westminster dog show they do every year. I don't know if anybody listening watches that, but it's a favorite in our family. And there's not really much to watch apart from that, unless you're big into football, but I'll let you handle that. Um, <laughs> there's always Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. That's really about it. There's a fun Tom and Jerry cartoon called A Little Orphan that mm-hmm. takes place at Thanksgiving. Um, that's, you know, but that's really it. I can't think of any Disney Thanksgiving stuff, honestly. Disney owns Christmas. That's their holiday. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is is fine. But, um yeah, for me, eating in that parade. How about you? Uh, well, before I say what I do, I'm not a fan of the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving one. That's the only one I really just never cared for, man. Well, yeah, I'll admit the Christmas and um, the Great Pumpkin ones, those are masterpieces. The mm-hmm. The Thanksgiving one just can't compare to it. Yeah, I think the only thing I like about the Thanksgiving one, I think, is the only episode I could ever recall where Charlie Brown finally kicks the ball from, uh, is it Lucy? That, that's always faking him with I, the ball when he tries to I, kick it. She moves I don't it. think I don't think he does it in that one. No, it's not that one? Mm, I, 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 so. I, I have to recheck. I always thought it was, but I could be wrong. But uh, I, okay. I know these Charlie Brown specials pretty well. I'm not sure either. I'd have to go check. You're right. Okay. Um... For Thanksgiving for us, we cook. Me and my wife actually cook. I do probably like 70% of the cooking. She does 30%, you know, but I'm up at midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, starting on the turkey, dropping the ham, uh, sweet potato souffles, the cranberry sauce. We do all of that, man. Um, 
uh, I watch the parade. That's when when the parade starts. I normally wake wake the girls up like 30 minutes into the parade because they're normally so tired from the night before that they help me with the turkey and stuff, you know, season it. And then um, I'll wake them up. They get into the parade. They get in. They want to help with cooking, but they're so little. So we're kind of nervous with them touching knives and stuff like that. So we we, will let them dabble some some of the seasoning and all that kind of stuff. Movies. One, every few years, I watch Plane, Trains, and Automobiles by Steve Martin. That's mm-hmm. uh, I don't like the Charlie Brown one. Maybe Polly Shore's son-in-law here and there. Ah, there's nothing really Thanksgiving-wise because I'm a sports guy, as everybody knows. So I get excited for that football game at noon. Detroit Lions always start off the first game. Then we get the Cowboys at four, which I don't care for the Cowboys. So I'm always hoping they lose. And then we get the Denver Broncos <laughs> around seven. So. Yeah, I'm all in the yeah, football. Big, big football holiday, I know, yeah. But, Mike, one last thing before we move on to the episode with Thanksgiving. I noticed, though, the last couple of years during the Denver and Dallas game, I'm usually on my MacBook and I'm searching some of the Black Friday deals online because I don't want to wait in line. <laughs> yeah, I we do not do Black Friday. Black Friday is insane. I'm very highly against it. I don't like the retail side of uh, this the holiday season. I don't like how they make people work like at 6 o'clock on Thanksgiving. I don't like how they try to get people to basically riot over cheap TVs. <laughs> I think it's insane. Um, Black Friday in the last five years has really only meant anything to me last year. When GameStop did the Disney Afternoon Funko Pops, I had to get that Megavolt. Oh, yeah. I was on eBay Thanksgiving Day trying to get a hold of one of those because I was not buying a whole ton of them from GameStop just to get one figure. Other <laughs> than that, Game Friday, Black Friday means absolutely nothing to me. Me and my wife are not big, big-time Black Friday people. We're more like, hey, we need a new microwave. Let's see if we catch one on sale online. <laughs> you yeah, know? So I don't mind buying online, but I am not getting up at 3 in the morning to go to a store oh, and no. online. I will get up on that Friday, like, you know, if it's 10, 11 o'clock, and I'll drive by some stores. If I see it's calmed down some, I will step in to see what's left over. You know, something that could we could actually use around the house. If it's something I don't need, I'll just keep passing by. I don't care what kind of deal it is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so, Mike, man, let's get into this episode. And I'm going to tell you I love this episode. Uh, I know it's not my favorite villain, but I cannot deny what it is. Um, I didn't see this episode in 91. I saw it three years later in 94 on syndication on Toon Disney when I finally moved to Georgia where I live now. Um, All I got to say is I I love this one, man. How about you, man? This one, man, I've said before the Saturday morning Darkwing episodes – are very surreal to me because somehow ABC managed to pick all the best ones. Mm-hmm. And this is when, like, Film Flam was average for a Saturday morning episode. You could have thrown that into the Disney afternoon and you wouldn't have given it a second glance. This one, though, I remember watching this, and from the very first day I saw it, we haven't even named it, Will. Oh, no, we haven't. It's no. <laughs> Go ahead. Negaduck. Negaduck. This one is just simply titled Negaduck. And bear in mind, by the time you saw this one, you knew who Negaduck was. Yeah. This is new. The, the name Negaduck 
meant nothing to me before I saw this episode. For me, it was confusing. I'm like, this isn't naked. Well, this, this yeah, is weird. <laughs> yeah, people have been confused by this episode, especially because most people aren't encountering this one first anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing this one, and this one's on a whole other level compared to most of the episodes we've talked about already. I think the only one that really compares to it in terms of energy and creativity is comic book capers. Mm-hmm. But this one's even different from that. Like this one's just manic. Yeah. This one this one's nuts. And it knows it's nuts. And it's having so much fun just being cartoony and wild and insane. And there's just so much going on in this one. And I mm-hmm. remember watching it and just thinking, This is great. It's yeah. one of those episodes that make me love this show even more. After I watch it, like every time I watch it, I love it more. I wish I could have saw this episode on a Saturday morning cartoon like you. You know, it sucks that I saw it three years later. But from where we at right now, from the episodes we review so far right now, this one has jumped the scale to number one for me. I can't speak for you. I know it won't stay number one because I'm I'm biased toward another villain. (laughs) Yeah, well, I have a couple that uh, I do prefer. One is my all-time favorite. So this one isn't at the very, very top, but it's mm-hmm. in my top five, period. It, it's top ten for me. I, I I won't fight you or argue on that. I understand why it's top five for you. Uh, it's a legit top five for you. I definitely understand. But because I'm biased, it's not top five for me. Um, there's another half-villain, half-good guy for me that I, I slide in here and there. Uh, I know most people won't, but I am a huge Morgana fan, so Morgana, a few Morgana episodes do sneak in my top ten also. Well, she's our next Saturday morning episode. Oh, I can't wait till we get to it then, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, Mike, let's let's move on a little bit. Um, what's the production and uh, air date on this episode? The air date was Saturday, September 21st, 1991, and um, whoops. I just screwed up. I don't have a production number for this one written down. So, um, you know, we'll put a pin in that. If I come up with it later, I will say it, but I don't. This was, at, this was I can tell you, Megavolt's second episode. Mm-hmm. Falling in between um, Duck Blind and Comic Book Capers. Okay. So um, that much I can tell you. And, mm-hmm. of course, this one was made long before there was a, there was a yellow-jacketed Negaduck. So long before that. All right, and uh, who was this uh, written by, and what's the um, the animation? animation studio? Yeah. Okay, so our story editor is Dwayne Capizzi. We have mentioned him before. Mm-hmm. And our writer is Steve Roberts. I have definitely mentioned him before. He wrote Night of the Living Spud, and I remember t- talking about him when we did that episode, how he did this one, Living Spud, and Adopticon, how he's one of my favorite Darkwing writers, mainly because of this episode, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's just... It's just a brisk episode, and from the dialogue to the story, it's just so well done. And the animation – okay, so we are back at Disney Japan. All right. And <laughs> that is why this one looks so good. I mean we have everything from cartoony animation to all sorts of effects animation. Mm-hmm. Just lasers and lightning and characters glowing with all all sorts of powers and megavolts in this one, and it's just – there's so much eye candy in this one. 
I mean, like, characters go off model, but even when they do, like, Disney Japan has a way of making it funny. Mm-hmm. There are some great Goslin expressions in this one. Darkwing gets beaten up like crazy. It's so physical. Like, Launchpad takes some lumps. Some stuff in the theme song comes from this episode. And the final act, the final act is a Darkwing Duck masterpiece mm-hmm. of of crazy Japanese animation. And I will discuss it all when we get there. And go okay, ahead, Bill. Uh, okay, I was just going to say a disclaimer for the listeners. I will refer to the ending character as Negatron. Uh, Mike, you want to say who you're going to refer to him as or anything? Even though it conflicts, to mm-hmm. me, he's still Negaduck. Okay. Because I'll go into detail about you know why we conflict here. Because I didn't, I don't remember the name Negatron coming around until Funko made the pops. Mm-hmm. And my belief, you know, I could be wrong, is that this is a licensing situation where they want to, I think mainly because it's an easy repaint. Because they've, they've done a Negatron action figure, a mystery mini, a Funko pop. They have to differentiate him from Negaduck. Mm-hmm. So since he's made up of Negatrons, they decided let's just call him Negatron. So in the past few years or so, this version of Negaduck has been officially renamed Negatron. And I am totally cool if that's what somebody wants to call him. I know you want to call him that, and I'm yeah. fine with that. I, I've always felt he was Negatron, but you corrected it before we went on air I always thought there was a part in there. We'll get to it a little later too. That when Megavolt, I thought he called him Negatron, but you were referring to that's what he was referring as, uh, what he was with the Tron Splitter. Yeah, you know? the Negatrons and Positrons. Yeah. Yeah. So I got confused on that. So I thought he was called Negatron for a long time, and then uh, I remember, you know, just scrolling in the Disney Wiki, and they had it on there. It said Negatron version. Well, so, it's not. Yeah, it's not wrong. Because mm-hmm. it's a, it's a he's officially Negatron now, okay. um. So it's not wrong. Okay. Um, well, look, so look, we got that disclaimer out there. I will call him Negatron. Mike will call him Negaduck. So there's no confusion on that. We wanted to get that out of the way. All right. So Mike, let's get into the episode. Well, I and... want to I want to talk about one more okay, thing. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because um, animation related. Mm-hmm. Because I want to single out one piece of the animation personnel uh the anim- one of the animation directors for this episode and quite possibly why it's you know it's, it's so good uh on the american side of the production not the japanese side um animation director by the name of tom ray okay um i want to give you a bit of his history just because I, I i really feel like i need to do this i gotta give the, the Go crew there it, too um, he was born in 1919 oh wow <laughs> and his animation career started in 1937 one of the earliest things he di- he animated on was Disney's Bambi. And you by just the watched l- that recently. Yes, I did just watch that recently. My daughter handled it very well, thank you very much. <laughs> and by the late fifties, Tom Ray was working for Warner's, um, working animating cartoons for Warner Brothers. Um, he worked in every like every unit: Robert McKimson, Frizz Freeling, um, Bugs Bunny, Sylvester the Cat, the Road Runner. And, um, you know, eventually he worked on with Chuck Jones. He was one mm-hmm. of Chuck Jones's animators for a long time um, doing Roadrunner cartoons. And when Chuck Jones got fired from Warners for a moonlighting at a different studio, 
uh, Ray followed him into working on, uh, at MGM. So Tom Ray animated with Chuck Jones on the Tom and Jerry cartoons from back in the 60s. He was even an animator on The Grinch, mm-hmm. the 1960s Grinch. Uh, and he was active all through the 70s and 80s, slumming it over at Hanna-Barbera. That's where everybody went back then. Of course. That's where, that's, where all of, <laughs> that's where everybody was, whether you liked it or not. It's the only studio that was doing work in America. Mm-hmm. And um, by the 90s, he was working on Tiny Toons, Rugrats, Animaniacs, and yes, Darkwing Duck. Only did some animation, animation directing in only about three or four episodes, including this one. Um, which is why I think this one is so strong. And his last work was a, as a timing director on the 1998 Godzilla TV series. You know, the one that was based on that terrible movie? Oh, the Matthew Broderick one? I love Godzilla very much, but I hate that movie. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's not the time or the place right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he died in 2010 at the age of 90. But seriously, what did he work? Over 60 years on classics. Disney, Warners, MGM. I wanted to single him out because his career is spectacular. I had to say it. No, that's well-deserved, um, man. And the last part of the production crew I want to single out, which I haven't done yet, is the composer, uh, Philip Gr- Philip Giffen. Um, this is the only animated show he worked on. Everything else was um, live-action TV movies and series. But I love Darkwing's music. Maybe not as much as the DuckTales music that mm-hmm. was um, composed by um, Ron Jones. But um, this, I, the music in this episode in particular, I believe a lot of it was composed for this episode, especially a lot in the last act, in the climax, the final battle. Um, so the animation is the animation is great, the music is great, everything is great in this episode. And let's not stall anymore. Let's get into the plot. All so, right. So the plot you. starts off with Megavote using the Tron Splitter for a robbery, for a heist. The Tron Splitter, probably the most iconic of the weapons used in Darkwing Duck, because they have brought that back for the comic books. Mm -hmm. Simple, simple device. You pull a lever, separates the positrons from the negatrons at any object. You pull it back, and it remerges them. That's important. So he's using this thing to separate the door of a bank vault so he can walk in between, grab the loot, and walk out. Yep. And And like he says, it's easier than changing a light bulb. (laughs) <laughs> and you see from the very beginning how good the Japanese animation is. The, just the effects of the Tron splitter splitting the bank vault door. Mm-hmm. You know right away who animated this one. Oh, yeah. Brilliant stuff from the minute one. And um, so Darkwing makes a very unique entrance. He's in a money bag. <laughs> He's in a money bag, bouncing around and coughing because he didn't think this out very well. Mm-hmm. And um, his entrance is – I'm not going to do all the coughing – but um, he is the cat that somebody let out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and what's funny is, is as soon as he pops out, uh, Megavolt's – they get into like a duel with the, the gas gun and the, the, and the zapper. Yeah, Megavolt uh, zaps him immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, Darkring-ass Megavolt of the Tron Splitter is a birthday present. And <laughs> immediately we get like the first bit of super cartoony like gags in this one where Megavolt goes to jump out a window and realizes how high he is. (laughs) He stops in midair and runs back inside and (laughs) says he forgot they were on the 90th floor. Mm -hmm. Like it's the kind of cartoony thing that none of the previous Disney shows could or would do. And so Darkwing pulls out the gas gun. We get a suck ass evildoer. And uh, 
Megavolt in, in more great Japanese animation. He fires his um, electro gun at the ball bearings that were in the money bags. Turn them and into a wrecking ball. Wrecking ball. I love just the, the ball bearings forming the wrecking ball. It's just such – this is what Japanese animation was made for, the kind of things that any other studio could not do. Um, but Darkwing Duck doesn't hit him, and Megavolt's hit by the wrecking ball. As he flies out the window, what happens with the Tron Splitter? Oh, it, it hits Darkwing. Yeah, goes off and nails Darkwing. And Megavolt falls 90 stories right into a manhole. And gets electrocuted but survives, of course. Of course. <laughs> and, of course, a great Dan Castellan is screaming. I love when he screams. <laughs> love when he screams. Years before he was screaming his head off as Homer, he was screaming as Megavolt. Um, so when the smoke clears because the Gaskin went off, we find that there are two Darkwings. Mm-hmm. We get the nice Darkwing, who's all sickly sweet. And, of course, you got Jim using a really sweet Darkwing voice. Jim does amazing things with his voice in this episode. Oh, he's all over the place, man. It's amazing, dude. Like, we're done hearing the regular Darkwing voice now. Now we have two extremes. And mm-hmm. the fact that he can do this, and it's still Darkwing. So we have the sweet Darkwing, who decides to do something more safe, like embroidery or ceramics. Mm-hmm. And then we get the evil Darkwing. How can you tell he's evil? What's different about his design? His eyebrows. He's got these black eyebrows. It's like the alternate universe Spock with the goatee. <laughs> he's got the mean eyebrows. And he wants to go shake down Girl Scout cook, uh, Girl Scouts for their cookie money. Oh, yeah. So he's bad news already. Yeah. And, so then uh, we end up with Gaz and uh, Launchpad playing right. baseball with a bowling ball. That was the weirdest thing. Uh, Bean, man. <laughs> what, a, what a great like direction it's like no we're not going to use a baseball it's a bowling ball and it's just it's so great and right after goslin says he's, she's not going to break something she so, breaks something and oh what does Lord. she break uh the statue <laughs> and, and i love the little sh- the little extra detail of the bowling ball embedded in the wall Mm-hmm. It's, it's, but they have to fix the statue and it's like they glue it together so it's all upside bad. down yeah. like and then the good darkwing some, shows up yeah and um they ask him how his day went and he goes stop the crime save the world got zapped by megavolt's tron splitter <laughs> and, the, and the statue doesn't even bother him he loves it so much he wants to raise her allowance yeah he raised her allowance told her no punishment nothing but she's not falling for that and her faces are so good. Like, she's so put out. Mm-hmm. But she's confused, but she's put out. Yeah. And Launchpad cracks immediately and confesses of what they did, because that's Launchpad. But then along comes the evil Darkwing. Yeah. And this – he is just <laughs> he's, – he's something else. He's a piece of work. Oh, when yeah. he discovers what she did, he tells her he's going to ground her into hamburger. I, I I didn't ca- I caught that, but I didn't, was like, what did he mean by that? He's gonna ground her into a hamburger. I was, I was a little confused on that, but I thought it was funny though. I even laughed, you know. Like ground like ground beef, how you grind it oh, up. Oh, okay. I didn't get it at first, man. But there's no time to figure out why there are two Drakes because who should show up but the Muddlefoots. Oh, the Muddlefoots. Oh, it's a short scene, but the Muddlefoots really make it count. They invite themselves over to watch the Pelicans Island reunion special. And I think, unless I miss something in Night of the Living Spud, I think this is the first time they mention Pelicans Island. Okay. 
which, you know, just for people who might be too young to remember the show, what is Pelican's Island parodying? Was it uh, Gilligan's Island? Yes, which is all but gone these days. Anybody below a certain age probably does not remember Gilligan's Island. But mm-hmm. yeah, Pelican's Island, if you were alive in 1991, you knew what that was. Um, so they invite themselves over to watch TV. And um, just really quick, Will, what's playing on the television behind Goslin? Chippendale Rescue Ranger, Chippendale. <laughs> which, you know, another Tad show. So, of course, got to stick the Rescue Rangers in there. Um so yeah, this is this is great scene now. I think yeah. it's just the comic the comic potential here. They're trying to keep both Drakes out of the room at the same time. Yeah, so Mike, com- I gotta interrupt you for yes, one yes, second. I, I got to. Oh, say it, yeah. say it, say it. I'll handle them. Where's my shotgun? <laughs> Man, that scene when when uh Gosselin is trying to push both of the Dark Wings out of there. And he makes that comment. I was like, did he just literally say that? You they... could never say that now. <laughs> <laughs> he said, where's my shotgun? Because and the Muppets are there, you know? <laughs> so the first one comes in and is all nice. And he asks him if they want something to eat. And he pinches Tank's cheek. And uh, I also want to mention, super quick, because I'm a nerd, I love the sound effects when Tank falls off the couch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, very old school sound effects. So great. Darkwing Duck's use of sound effects is amazing. Um, and um, so then the bear Darkwing comes back. I know we keep calling him Darkwing, but right now he's Drake. And he picks on the Muddlefoots, and it is a, if it isn't the Muddleheads, yeah, and he honey. picks on what Herb is wearing, and then Goslin pushes him back in the kitchen. The good one comes out with a whole plate of food, including pickled herring that's apparently is Herb's favorite. And the bad Drake comes back in and um, picks, on Herb's, picks on Herb again. And Dana Hill gets one line as Tank. He goes, yeah. you want me to kill him, Pop? <laughs> <laughs> one line, but I think it's the best one she ever had his tank. Binky uh, never talked on this one. Binky does not talk. And so far, Honker's been quiet, too. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's it. Things are getting out of control. And Goslin tells them just to take the TV, take the food, go home. Yeah, but she and, she calls Honker over, though. Yeah, but you notice as they're leaving, Tank is terrified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because the evil Drake threatened him. <laughs> so they go into the kitchen where um, the evil Drake's trying to beat up Launchpad with a, with a frying pan. Mm-hmm. And they realize they have to tie them both up to figure out what's going on. Okay. Now, another my, one of my favorite bits in this episode is just the timing. The animation makes this bit perfect when the evil Drake pulls out the gas gun. Mm-hmm. And then the good Drake comes over with the frying pan and the timing. He fires the gas gun. The gas canister hits the frying pan and then nails him right in the forehead. Mm-hmm. And he passes out and just a spiraling eyes, the indent of the gas canister in his forehead. <laughs> the, the timing is amazing. Yeah. And only Disney Japan could do that. So, yeah. So they tie the two of them up and we finally get some dialogue for Honker from Katie. Um so what does Honker what does Honker do? Take it from here, Will. He figures out that, that there's a positive uh, Tron Darkwing and there's a negative Tron Darkwing by just looking at the feathers because the positive feather had little duckies with uh, what do they call them halos? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And then the 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 negative feather had little devils. <laughs> yeah, little devils. And Goslin goes, Trons, the building blocks of good and evil. I learned that in school. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And then Honker's the one who figures out, like, hey, we got to put them back together to get the real Darkwing back. How am I supposed to do that? More zany glue? Oh, and the shot of um, Honker and Launchpad reacting. That's, that's the, on the theme. Yeah. That's the theme. Um, and uh, Goslin mentions a Tron splitter, so obviously they have to use that. The big problem is, which Drake do you untie? Well, she didn't want to untie it first because, remember, she wanted to keep her allowance. <laughs> her yeah, yeah. Allowance. Launchpad has a good point. He, the good one would rather do macrame than fight crime. Yeah. So they have to figure out which one is the good Darkwing. They pick wrong. And then Honker exits the episode. We do not see him again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, bye, Katie. You know, you, you did a good job as Honker in this episode. But I guess it was just too much going on for uh... – but it's not the last time we see we hear Katie in this episode. She does come back. Yeah. And so Honker's gone, and the evil Drake traps Goslin and Launchpad in a closet by telling them to fetch his Klinkenheimer. <laughs> What's a Klinkenheimer? Yeah, it's too late. Um, Door's locked. <laughs> yeah, and he puts a safe in front of it, which is important. Yeah. And then um, he ties he ties up um, the other the other Drake with dynamite. Puts, puts one stick of dynamite, and then goes, "Why take chances?" And then puts. An ungodly amount of dynamite all over the all over the ropes, um, strings them up, and then gets into the Darkwing costume, jumps into the rat catcher, and he's gone. He's gone. He said he's heading to town to do some crimes, mm-hmm. and uh, he goes to see a movie. Oh my God! Another of my favorite scenes in this episode is when he goes to see this movie. This scene, though, how did it? How, how did, did this play? air? <laughs> how did this make it to air? It would, know, oh, it would never air now. I know I've been saying that from the very beginning when it comes to guns, but how did this get on the air? He, okay, he's going to see the cute little Lost Bunnies movie. But he didn't know that though, because no. acting, he was really shocked that, that it was playing. Tidbits, he, tidbits though, the cute little Lost Bunnies come back in the very last produced episode of the series. Oh wow! Malice's restaurant. They come back in the very last one. Um, so we get these two bunnies, and this is where we hear Katie again. Yeah, she tells Be- them that uh, it's a family movie. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the evil Darkwing's mad. He goes, uh, what is this? I wanted to see car wrecks and gunplay. And <laughs> when the, the the bunny goes, uh, this is a nice family movie. And you can tell it's Katie because it sounds like Sunny Gummy from the Gummy uh-huh. Bears. Yeah. And he pulls out a shotgun. He says, not anymore. <laughs> Look out, he's got a gun. And he's shooting the gun, and it's just, oh my god, it's so wrong. But it's so great, and I love this scene. And it's like, it's so surreal. He jumps into the movie screen. (laughs) Like it's a 3D movie or something. And comes back (laughs) in a tank. And blows away the marquee. Oh my god, this episode is so violent and so crazy and so insane, and I love it so much. And... And so we got back in back in the uh, the hideout, which is yeah, where they've been. Yeah, um, we get back to Gaz and LP. They're trying to escape. They they take off the door, but they discover the safe is still there. And you get um the good Drake. He's swinging back and forth trying to dislodge the uh, the dynamite, um which he does. The lit the lit fuse hits the safe. The safe flies up in the air, collides with him. They he flies through the roof, back down through the skylight. Mm-hmm. Again, Darkwing gets pulverized in this one. And I love it when he does. My favorite episodes is when he's a huge punching bag. So, yeah, they have to go find the evil Darkwing so they can fix this. Yeah, so um, they get in the thunderquack. Yes. And um, so they crash. 
which is just a, one of the most blatant crashes in the episode. Launchpad just dive bombs right into the ground. And the good Darkwing tells him. complimented him. him complimented his crash. <laughs> a little rough, but we'll work on it. And um, so the evil Darkwing shows up. And just before things get crazy, the mob from the movie theater shows up. And the bunny says, let's rip him apart. Yeah. <laughs> and the bad Darkwing takes off. He's yeah, out of I, I love how rubbery the animation is. He just He's out of there. <laughs> and there's this great fight cloud. The entire mob is beating the crap out of Darkwing. And even Goslin and Launchpad, they try to get in there, but they punch them right out of there. And Darkwing ends up with a crowbar on his head. <laughs> <laughs> that, that poor bunny rabbit forgot his crowbar. Um, so obviously, you know what they need? They had to find Megavolt. They got to find Meg- them to put them together. I-, I love the pacing in this one. Like, the Megavolt's introduced and then forgotten about. Mm-hmm. And then they need him later. I love just the – I love the story structure here. It's really well done. Now, um, Mike, I, I got a quick question. Um, sure. When Goslin asks uh, Darkwing, where can we find Megavolt? And he says, you don't want to go there. Was the name of the bar the Old Hut? Because that's what he references. As. The Old the old Haunt. Old Haunt. Okay. Yeah. I thought he called it the Old Hut. Okay. Um, There was actually, I don't know if it's still active. There was a Darkwing Duck message board uh, called the Old Haunt back in the day. Oh, okay. I don't think it's active anymore, and if it is, it's probably been really quiet. Social media has taken over everything. Mm-hmm. But the evil Darkwing's already one step ahead. He goes into the old haunt, and there's Megavolt recharging his batteries <laughs> with a little generator attached. Yeah, to his I saw helmet. that. I thought it was hilarious. And then, That's, uh, it's great. They, yeah, and then they get like a, a Wild West standoff. Yeah, Megavolt don't forget. Is- <laughs> Don't forget when the evil Darkwing opens the salon doors, doors it's from the opening uh, theme song again. Oh, yeah, yeah, it sure is. We got a bunch of them in this one. And it, yeah, the Wild West uh, Wild West standoff. And Megavolt's itching for revenge because he doesn't know this is a, a you know, a Tron-splitted Darkwing. Um, but what is, how does the evil Darkwing defeat Megavolt? <laughs> what, a, what a glass of water. <laughs> 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 and he just throws. He just throws a. I think it's like a beer mug full of water at him. And um, Megavolt loves it. Once he hears that he is actually created from the machine, Megavolt calls him his son. <laughs> yeah. And the animation on Megavolt is just so bad, but it's so funny. Like, like I said, anytime Disney Japan got like off model, it was still great because it was just so funny. And they leave together, um, because the evil Darkwing wants to destroy the Tron Splitter. Yeah, because you know, so he, he doesn't want merge. He doesn't want yeah. to be merged. So then, Darkwing Gaz, the good Darkwing Gazan and Launchpad show up, and Gaz and LP are dressed as biker, biker oh, gang. It's hilarious too. But Gaz played the part right though. She Goslin, really did. Gazan is no nonsense. She t- doesn't take anybody's crap. And they go into the salon, and we got this bulldog, a bulldog mm-hmm. biker, who um. He tells her that she's kind of small, and Gosling goes, "So's a rabid chipmunk, chump." <laughs> she is so ready to pick a fight, and poor Launchpad tries to intervene and gets thrown through the ceiling. Oh, poor Launchpad, he didn't deserve that. Nah, and, not at um, all. But then the patrons at the bar take one look at, at, at the good Darkwing. And, and they throw him all that money just so he can get his bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> They're frightening of him. Yeah, so the bulldog tells him where to find Megavolt. And this is where the episode starts to get good. This is where the episode, it was at like a 10 before. Now it hits like 50. 
they're at Meg, they're at Megavolt's hideout. So this is Megavolt's second hideout. This is not the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Now Megavolt has this rundown shack, which, like I said, I think it's probably his like workshop where he does all of his uh where he does his little projects. Mm-hmm. I think he lives at the lighthouse, and this is where he just hangs out. So he's showing the evil Darkwing the Tron splitter. And the evil Darkwing grabs a sledgehammer and gets ready to destroy it. And in the scuffle, the Tron splitter goes off. And he gets galvanized. He gets galvanized. And this is set up so well. Mm-hmm. Like, the first thing you see is Megavolt cowering in fear at what, at what he sees. Like, he is just, he's shaking. And the voice, I mean, it's, it's, it's processed. It's not just Jim, but it's so deep. It's just, I can't even do this because it would ruin my throat. He goes, I am the most, what does he say? I am the most fiendish terror that flaps in the darkest night. I am the skunk that pollutes your air. I am Negaduck. Negaduck. And he just throws open his cape and the electricity coming off of him all over the room. Mm-hmm. Like, Neg- this Negaduck, the original Negaduck, he is a black and white negative photocopy of Darkwing. Mm-hmm. Like, everything that should be light is black. Everything that should be dark is white. So he has black eyes. He has a white outfit. Uh, he, and he has, he has burning red eyes. And his pupils. feathers are black, yeah. Yeah, his pupils are red, and he's glowing. He's glowing blue with this, like, radioactive feedback noise. Mm-hmm. He is so impressive. Like, they just, they they took this one home. And the whole room lights up, too. The whole room yeah. lights up. And he is, he's, like, looking at his hands, like, loving the raw power he has. And Megavolt is at first scared, but when he realized how cool this is, that he's galvanized, he goes, far out! (laughs) I love Megavolt so much. What I like about this scene, Mike, though, is when Megavolt mentions about going for crime, Negatron doesn't care for crime. Nope. He he wants to just destroy everything, you know? And you know what? That's going to be Negaduck. When we get to Negaduck, that's Negaduck. Mm -hmm. He likes crime. Yep. He, He wanton, mindless destruction. So he gets rid of Megavolt, throws him right through a wall, and he's going to just lay waste to St. Canard for the fun of it. <laughs> so the only only solution now is for Megavolt to team up with the good guys to get these two back together. Yeah. Because what is, what's Megavolt's reason? If he destroys St. Canard... There will be nothing left to rob. <laughs> there will be nothing left to rob. And it's just, okay, great, good reason. Love you, Megavolt, don't change. And um, so Megavolt... Negaduck is just he's wherever he walks, chaos is happening. Like windows are breaking, the sidewalk is cracking, appliances are exploding, and he he one more he says one more I am the terror line, I am the shopping cart that nicks your paint job. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love and, the voice uh, of the Negatron also, man. I freaking I, loved it. I love that voice. It's so deep and it's just so cool. And um, they have to get the two Darkwings side by side so they can remerge them. So they trick the good Darkwing into getting close to him because he's about to step on a bug. Yeah. But in but that process, Negatron destroys City Hall. Destroys it. And and then he just takes the good Darkwing, just zaps him up in the air and just right on the sidewalk. 
like from like a hundred feet in the air. Yeah, he and galvanized I, him, right? He's going to. He's about to. Mm-hmm. And Goslin, I love it again. Got to throw out for this uh, sound effects. When Goslin picks up Darkwing and his head hits the pavement, that clang when his head hits the floor, oh, I yeah. love it. And then <laughs> and then then Megavolt's like, "We'll galvanize them." Mm-hmm. And that, there we go. We'll we'll just zap this one and we'll galvanize them, which he does. And he repairs so now, everything. <laughs> so now we have a sweet Darkwing glowing pink. In the air. With, <laughs> floating in the air. <laughs> he's floating in the air. He's glowing pink. He's got eyelashes. <laughs> and the voice is all like, oh, it's like all sweet. Again, Jim, he's amazing. Um, so this is where, this is where I, I love this episode. This is where it just, the animation just takes on a whole new level here when the two of them start fighting. Like, I know I mentioned this when I talked about the lullaby from Darkly Dawn's a Duck, where they had these top-tier animators. Just the drawings here and the movements are so funny and have so much life as these as the two of them are going at it. Like, they got, the, you know, the good Darkwing pulls out the balloon. Positron, Posiduck, we'll call him now. Mm-hmm. He pulls out the balloon, and when Negaduck zaps it, the energy fixes City Hall. And we get that shot from the theme song where the sidewalk fixes itself and it zaps Goslin. Mm-hmm. So that's from this one. And we get the, the woodland animals because Posiduck is so pure. <laughs> they all gather around him, and they're zapping each other. And it's just we have two beams of energy hitting each other. And... All the dialogue now it's is hilarious just, it's too. Ridiculous. It's like <laughs> it don't even is, make sense. <laughs> virtue is its own reward. Don't get mad, get even. There's no such thing as a bad boy. Nice guy spin its last. Don't forget the floss. And the best one, never eat at a place called mom's. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, and, I, 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 did, I thought it was crazy when he said, don't forget the flaws. I'm like, what? <laughs> and the two energy beams are hitting each other. It's like, I'm going to just use my favorite example. Mm-hmm. Every time in Godzilla movies, when Godzilla goes up against Mechagodzilla, and they fire their beam at each other, and they collide, this is exactly what this is. Okay. Like, two versions of Darkwing Duck fighting each other. And it's like, they get close enough. Megavolt finally realized this is his opportunity to to shoot him yeah, and get him together. Shoots him, and one of my favorite shots in the episode, because Negaduck had Posiduck by the collar and was ready to punch him in the face. But when they're back together, we have regular Darkwing holding onto his collar, punching himself in the face. That's in the theme, ain't it? Again, in the theme song. Funny sound effects, funny animation. He flies backwards with just a... Smack himself right in the face. <laughs> and, you know, all good things come to an end, and it's time for Megavolt's heel turn. Yeah, he because wants to use his zoom lens. <laughs> he wants to use the zoom lens, and, and an even better Japanese animator takes over here. The animation gets even better. Like, this is the most on-model in this episode that, that it gets. Like, the drawings are spectacular here. Um, he zaps Darkwing, and... Darkwing ends up with, like, multiple arms. There's two Darkwings. And Goslin starts fighting with Megavolt over the Tron Splitter. Mm-hmm. And I think it leads to one of my favorite shots in all of Darkwing Duck. When they were dancing? The, the kick line of Darkwings. <laughs> with this sleepy, ridiculous look on his face. And the music, do, 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 do. And he's just, <laughs> there's, like, six of them lined up mm-hmm. together, kick lining. And, like... 
oh my god, that that was used in the Kicking in the Groove music video. Everyone who's ever made a fan music video for Darkwing has used this shot because it's like to me, it's super iconic. Mm-hmm. And right now, I have it as my Facebook banner. Oh, okay. I love it so much. Um, it's just a great. I'm out of adjectives. I'm I'm like my enthusiasm right now is off the charts. But um, launchpad. Yeah, the launchpad. <laughs> thank you for bringing me back to Earth. <laughs> Goslin tells Launchpad, you know, help out because Launchpad's been useless. This isn't one of Launchpad's best episodes. He's kind of along for the ride, but I'll forgive him. Um, Launchpad tries to help Trips, and Megavolt gets zapped by the Tron Splitter. <laughs> you got two. <laughs> <laughs> we got two upper-bodied Megavolts and one lower body, one set of legs, and two Megavolts who are arguing with each other, <laughs> and they want to go shoot some pool, and they're arguing about which way to go. It's just, it's perfect. Yeah. And I love Megavolt. And the episode has to wrap up, and it wraps up really quick. If there's one thing I have to say about this episode, like anything even remotely negative, it wraps up really fast. Like, But to its credit, you don't even have time to breathe when this episode ends. Mm-hmm. Like, You're still pumped from what you just saw, so just let it end quick while you're still excited. So well, I love the way what Gosselin says, though, to, about how she knows they got their Darkwing back. I love what arrogant. she says. He's so obnoxious. He's so arrogant and so conceited. <laughs> yeah, because he says he saved the day. Because mm-hmm. who knows how much he knows about what happened? Because he doesn't know why Goslin came along yeah. when he acted Caesar. But D- Goslin doesn't care if he takes away her allowance. She's just glad he's back. And last shot, shrugs his shoulders. He has no idea what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh. I love this episode so much. It's like top five. And, oh, yeah. And it's, it's important. It's like this is where Negaduck came from. We have this episode to thank. Mm-hmm. Like we do. All right, Mike. So wrapping up this episode, man. Wrapping, it's, up, it's, this ep- wrapping a, up this episode, I have to say one more thing. Okay. About, you know, I'm not going to save it for when we see Negaduck again. I'll, I'll tell the story now. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved Negaduck on the crew. Like, they loved him. They want to bring him back. How do you bring him back? Forget the Tron Splitter. Forget Pazaduck. Tadstones is like, Pazaduck's lame. I don't want to bring him back. <laughs> so very true to the spirit of Darkwing Duck, I think this is the best example of how continuity doesn't matter. Tadstone just said, who cares? Bring him back. Don't explain it. Mm-hmm. And that's when Negaduck came back. Because he was too cool to keep down. Definitely. Yeah, you cannot. This is such a great character. Even in this one episode, you have to see him again. Mm-hmm. So they, and, and they did bring the Tron Splitter back in the comic books, in the, the Boom comics. They did bring it back. Um, so, yes, let's move on. Um, great episode. Fantastic yeah. episode. Definitely a great episode. Um, if I wasn't biased, it'd definitely be top five. But... Unfortunately, I'm a biased person. I love my my favorite villain. We haven't got to him yet. So what? Four point seven five for you? <laughs> oh man, you know, you know, I'm gonna let you know what. In respect to you, Mike, I'm gonna go ahead and give my gas gun score first. I think that's fair. Go for it. Um, I'm giving it a five, man. Thank you, and so am I. Uh, this is my first five, and I'll, I'll get a little bit into detail about it. And the reason is because Megavolt. We barely even mentioned him that as much, you know, only to when we got to his scenes, like 
because of the Negatron, Negaduck whole thing is so amazing on this episode. It really is. Megavolt is kind of like forgotten at times because like, yeah, he shows up at the very beginning, but I even forgot about him until they went back to the bar. This you is know? not his show. It's not, you know, but he you can't deny what kind of villain Megavolt is. And for Negaduck, Negatron to come in and step in and minimize him, it just lets you know how strong this episode really is. You know, uh, the Muddlefoot scene is great. It's like the it's one of it's one of the absolute best uses of the Muddlefoots mm-hmm. outside of starring roles because you know Herb's going to star in a couple, but outside of that, this is the best use of them as far as cameos go mm-hmm. because it's that's just perfect. Um, like like you said, I agree about Megavolt, but if keep going if you have more to say, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, you know the 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 lines are hilarious like i said my favorite line was when he said i'll handle them where's my shotgun that's uh, great yeah goslin when she tricked uh the, the the positive uh darkwing into finding uh looking for the bug and she high five launch pad it's just man this episode was just hilarious and then even my daughter was like she was like why that darkwing got eyelashes <laughs> you know she was over <laughs> here pointing like that looks weird on him so I... like that's a great episode. Yeah, man, I'm giving it a five. Perfect score. Go ahead, Mike. And yeah, five for me too. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And uh, it's one of the most important. It's one of the most well animated episodes. Everyone's in character. Goslin is terrific in this episode. And just that last act, mm-hmm. just the reveal of Negaduck, just that, that 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 battle at the end, the just the the special effects, the music. Because even at the end, I mentioned um, Philip Giffen. The the music at the end, as the battle goes back and forth, the music is changing. Like, mm-hmm. Negaduck Negat- has a theme. Positive has a theme. There's no way this music wasn't written for this scene. Mm-hmm. It, was not, it was not stock music they're bringing in later, like many other episodes. This is scored to what's happening on screen, which yeah. doesn't happen all the time. Doesn't happen all the time on Disney shows because they can't afford to do that. But they do it here. And it works so well. And even when they're fighting over the Tron split, the music's going back and forth. And it helps it. It helps it so much. And it's just, it's a great episode that I bet would be talked about more, and I'm repeating myself, if this one was on DVD. Thank God it is on Disney+. Plus. This episode is actually named different on my VHS uh, copy, though. Isn't it called The Birth of Negatron? Or Negaduck? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. the, VH, the, the tape is called The Birth of Negaduck. The actual episode is still called Negaduck. Oh, okay, okay. I so always this, got that a little confused. So this one did get a VHS release. It did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who has a VCR these days? Yeah. And um, just really quick, I had the time to check. This was a 22nd in production order. Oh, okay. So it's kind of up there. Yeah, and like I said, second one with Megavolt. Okay. Now, Mike, we, before we went on air, uh, I had asked you, could we do our villain uh, gas gun canister rating as Negatron? You agreed. You agreed to it. So we will do a Negaduck one separately. Yeah, this, is your, this is your baby. So <laughs> That's okay. He's getting a perfect score, Mike. Well, you know what? He's getting a perfect score for me, too. Um, <laughs> not just because of, like I said, the colors, the sound effects, just all of that, and the voice acting from Jim, the process, also because of what he represents. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, like I said, this is where Negaduck came from. 
You can't deny how important, whether you call him Negaduck or Negatron, you can't deny how important he is. Mm-hmm. And I am so happy, even though it was a cheap way for Funko to push out more product, I'm so happy that we've actually gotten toys of this, this version of Negaduck. Yeah. And and he's also, um, I don't know if you collect the the Funko action figure version. I have him. Yeah, where it's the Chase version with the Chase sticker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's I, I love how they did that. You know, I have one open, I have one box, just in case I ever want to get an autograph. Out. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, and I have I have the I have the, the Funko pop of him. I never got the mystery mini of him though. I got the mystery mini of him. Um, kind of like what you're doing. I don't have mine at a box, but I do have two launch pads. I do have two Darkwing, uh, two of the the Negatrons and two of the Negatron action figure and two of the Darkwing figures because I do want to get all of those signed, but then I also want to have a set where they're not signed. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Like my Negaduck, I only have one right now. I got the other one on pre-ordered, but I do have one of my Negaducks already signed, you know, the the regular Negaduck. Right. Yeah. Well, I have to figure out what I'm bringing to Pennsylvania with me next June when I see Jim (laughs) because that's, that's hard. Because it's Jim. You have to pick just the right piece of Darkwing merchandise. Um, but yeah, that's that's Negaduck, one of the very best episodes in the entire series. And that is not going to change for a while. Yeah, man. My, my last thing I want to say about this episode, uh, again, I love the lines. I love like when Megavolt jumps out the window and he realizes how high he was. And he was like, I forgot we're on the 90th floor. I love that. I love I'll handle them. Where's my shotgun? I love when Negaduck uh, jumps into the uh, movie theater and he's like that, bomb bombs, you know? That movie. Oh, my, oh got, got any bomb bombs? Yeah, and then he's and like, I, I didn't even not mention, anymore. I didn't even mention he drives the rat catcher backwards into the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> backwards into the lobby. Megaboast um, line saying Saint Canard uh, when he said there will be nothing left to rob. Uh, when he goes far out. Mm-hmm. Which oh yeah when he screams galvanized that's in the theme song too. Okay yeah I forgot lots, about that. Lots of shots from this one in the theme song. Yeah and then uh Gosling's last line the so agnostic so arrogant so conceited but he's my dad you know. Uh, just the, just just the energy war at the yeah, end of man, it. Yeah man I, I just love this episode man. It's, it's so, so uh, it's so it's so visually creative. Yeah, man, it just sucks. I didn't get to see this on a Saturday morning cartoon. I saw it like yeah. three years later. Man. I remember sitting there watching this Saturday, September 21st. And by then I had seen every episode, you know, everything that aired. This one was just, I was blown away when I watched this one. And, you know, very few episodes get close to this. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, Mike, you'll, man. You'll, I will say the only ones that really get close are the ones with a more emotional component to it. Because this one doesn't – this is the one thing this episode doesn't have. It doesn't have any emotion. It doesn't need it, and I'm not going to fault it on that. Yeah. But um, because, like, episode like Darkly Dawn's the Duck Part 2 is still – it's still like a five because mm-hmm. it's – because of how important it is for the characters. This one, though, pff, this one is balls to the wall, I swear. That's the, <laughs> best, that's the best thing I – that's the best thing I could – best way to put it. Anyway, that's it for Negaduck. Yeah, so Mike, what what episode we got next? We're going back to Disney Afternoon, right? Yeah, so we got five days of episodes that are fun, but not close to this. Um, The next episode is um, A Revolution in Home Appliances. Um, Fun episode. Mm -hmm. And another one with Megavolt. 
Okay. You get more Megavolt. I remember this one. It's not bad. It's not a bad No, episode. it's not. No, it's not. It has it has a fun premise. Yeah, just um, got to lower your standards after this one, though. Yeah, the next batch of episodes are now nowhere near as high as this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have to take a breather, unfortunately. Um, All right. So, Mike, yeah, before, so that's yeah. it. All right, yeah, so before we close this one, Mike, I want to give one shout-out, and this one I want to give a shout-out to Stan Lunn. I hope I pronounced your last name correctly. Uh, Stan has been very active in our uh, Darkwing community and our Darkwing page. Uh, I appreciate it, Stan. You've been very active. You know, uh, he's been – I've actually added him on my friends list on Facebook, and he posts everything, not even just Darkwing. He's commenting and posting all all kind of cartoon stuff from the 80s and 90s, so shout-out to Stan. Oh, excellent. Thank you, Stan. All right. So, uh, Mike, how can the fans reach you, man? I am on Facebook, Mike Russo. If after you've heard this, you're not totally scared that I love this episode so much, <laughs> message, <laughs> message me, you know, uh, friend me, or just message me with um, something, you know, like a comment you want to write on the air. We haven't gotten too much of that. So if anybody wants to have their comment read, send it to me and I'll read it. No problem. And how about you, Will? How can they get in touch with you? I'm also on Facebook. I'm Will Santana. Um uh, we're also on Facebook. We have the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast page. Uh, we have an IG page. Uh, you can listen to the po- um, the podcast on Pinecast. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. Uh, Spotify. Pub- yeah, Spotify, Apple, uh, Public, no, Radio Public, Pocket Cast. That's all I could think of off the top of the head, man. We're everywhere, though. Oh, YouTube. It's, it's super easy to find us. Oh, yeah, man. So, uh, Mike, man, ending this one, uh, I'm going to let the fans remember to stay dangerous. And have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, definitely have a happy Thanksgiving. And this was our version of Negaduck, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. This was a great episode. Mike, you got one of your babies out of the way. I'm still Absolutely. Doubt very soon. Very soon. All right. Well, y'all have a good night, man. You too, good, Mike. Good night.